This is Unleashing Leadership. I'm your host, Travis Musk. Welcome to episode 37. We are talking about turnover today. Not the Apple turnovers, but actual turnover of employees. This is the end result of having to deal with our no jackass policy. We've got to figure out, you know, why don't team leaders get rid of non-team players or why don't team leaders get rid of the jackasses? And I think it's mostly normally because we're just trying to be nice. And I've been there. I mean, I have, I've been there too much. This is part of the reason why I have so much to say in this space is I try to one, probably one of my biggest weaknesses is I've always tried to pull, see if I could pull out better in people. I've always wanted to try to help people achieve the things that they want to achieve. But sometimes people are inadvertently kind of naturally fighting themselves, right? They're just not there. They don't have enough humble. They're they're not humble enough or they're not hungry enough or they're not smart enough. And they have no desire to put the work in to get there. They just, they want, but they don't want to do. And so Let's talk about how that is actually really cruel. So when I, as a leader, perpetuate this, when I let people stay in positions that they shouldn't be in because I'm trying to be nice, because I'm trying to help them, what actually is happening is, first of all, they, that person, the jackass, is getting up every day and they're living a lie. And how miserable can that be? If you're getting up every day and you're having to front You're having to pretend you're something that you're not because you're at an organization that expects more out of you, that expects you to be different from who you are. And you're just trying to hang on to that because, you know, that's what you know. That's what you're doing. You know, it's a good enough place to be. I mean, that's miserable. It's miserable having to be on guard 24-7. Why would you want to be like that? And sometimes those people just need permission to move on, you know, or maybe a kick in the ass to move on. But they ought to just move on. Find something that does suit them, that allows them to be the jackass they want to be and rewards them for it. That's fine. That's Hey, if your competition has more jackasses, your business is going to be better. You know, you're just going to do better. So let them out. Let them go. Don't hold on to them. They're not precious. Let them go. Uh, the team. You know, when, when they see the work after they're gone, this is one of those things where we can talk all about the benefits of the team while the jackass is there. But a lot of times the jackass is good enough that they convince the team that they're important, that they're needed. And that and, and that it's not their fault. It's management's fault. It's the company's fault. It's the market's fault, whatever. It's somebody else's damn fault. And then that person is removed. And the team has to pick up that person's work. And the team, your A's and B's who are left behind who are very proud of their work, start looking at the work from the jackass. And uh, they start to find the holes in it. And now their pride kicks in. And that makes them angry. That makes them frustrated. They were taken advantage of by the jackass. And now they got to clean up his mess. That almost always happens when you have one of them leave. And then they understand then they have so you can actually use it as an aha moment, a training moment. Because people don't understand at first. They're like, I like them. You know, we worked together and we were good friends and we went to the company barbecue together and all that kind of stuff. But then they see what, you know, that A or B is so committed to the organization. They are so committed committed to the mission. They really take it serious. And then they see what that C or D was doing. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my God. 
It makes me sick to my stomach. It's like being cheated on. That's cruel. Leaving somebody in that position. If you had a friend who was being cheated on, would you just would you not say anything? Right? Or would you try to help them? The sooner you help them, the better. The less pain there's gonna be. The longer it goes on, the more pain there's gonna be. You know, the the, the uh your clients and your customers. You know, we have clients, you might have customers, whatever terminology you want to use. Did they get what they were paying for? Because a lot of times with the jackasses, you're not, right? They know how to package it. But they don't really care about the little details a lot of times. They don't care that people get what they're paying for. They don't care about anybody but themselves. They don't go the extra mile. So did they get the full experience that they were supposed to be getting? Do they really understand what your organization's about? Here's the thing. If your clients or customers are A and B level people, which is that's a type of people we want to work with, and 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 you got C and D level people providing services to them, they're going to sniff out them. They're, they're going to figure that out. And, and they're going to be pretty dissatisfied. Or if they can't figure it out, they're going to be dissatisfied and not be able to put their finger on it. But something's just going to be wrong. They're going to be nervous. So it's like red lights flashing, right? And then you got the company. Every employee costs the company. Employees don't understand this. You know, we went to Starbucks the other day. And the employees were deciding to strike at a local Starbucks. And they blamed on management and said, well, management doesn't properly staff us. Yet they had eight people in the store and they closed the store and they refused to fulfill our order that we had placed online. And what they don't understand is that every single one of them costs the company money. The company has cash flow. That's people buying their product or service. The cash comes into the company. The company turns around and gives the cash to employees so that the employee, you know, that, so that there's employees to do the jobs to make the products or services to keep the whole wheel spinning. And for this, the company expects the employee to help the company become more valuable. See, the employees don't own the company, right? We're not the whole company. The employees are a part of the company. They are one of the interested parties. The community is interested. The business owners are interested. Right, the shareholders are interested. Uh, uh, all the employees are interested. The landlords interested. The you know the customers are interested in it. So if we're going to spend our money, we expect whatever we spend our money on to make the company more valuable. So when an employee is using up some of that cash flow that could otherwise be spent on other things, and they're not trying to improve the company and they're not trying to make the company better then someone is literally stealing from everyone else here. Here's the, the kicker to this, though. It's not actually the employee's fault. They are who they are. Somebody's been an enabler. That's the leader's fault. They're the one who perpetuates it. They enable it. The leader's stealing from everybody else, not the employee. The employees just do what employees do, right? They're allowed to do it, so they do it. The leader's the strong one. The leader's the one who knows better. The leader's the one who can identify things and put the proper protocols in place. The leader's the one who can say, oh, we got a jackass. We got to deal with a jackass. Nobody else on the team can really do that to the same degree. They can certainly do it. There's things that they can do, but they cannot do it to the same degree as the leader can. So the leader's responsible for the employee's lost dignity, the lack of pride that they have in their work now. Right? They are responsible for the team's inefficiencies. 
they are responsible for the client's poor experience. They are responsible for the company's growth not happening because they're wasting cash flow on a jackass. So businesses, and this is just a dumb thing that we do, and I don't know why we do it. I don't know where it comes from, but businesses are celebrated for low turnover, low customer turnover, low employee turnover, right? Somehow, if everybody loves you, you must be great. And the way that we measure if everybody loves you is if nobody leaves you. But too much of a good thing is a bad thing. This is one of those wrong incentives. We talked about being careful with incentives, right? This is one of those wrong incentives. If there is no turnover or if turnover is very, very low, and I would say that this is the same on the, on the customer side as it is on the employee side. Are we really pushing people to grow? Are we really developing? Are we really improving? Are people really being challenged? Is the business growing and adapting at all? Because if it were, there'd be more skills needed to maintain it, right? People would have to be getting better. Um, you'd be pushing the boundaries and you would need people more capable or capable of different things than what it used to do. Right, You would be refining your client base, be looking at the clients and saying, who do we really help the most and who appreciates it the most and how do we get more of that type of person? Yet we celebrate the fact that companies don't lose anybody. You probably should be losing people, actually. And you shouldn't be looking at, at that as a bad thing because... It means you're changing. It means you're growing. You're developing because people will leave when that's happening because, listen, I don't want to be forced to change. Some people are just going to decide they've had enough, right? Like, eh, you know, it sounds like too much work. I'm not, I'm not interested anymore. Let them go. That's fine. Why are you fighting for somebody who doesn't want to be there anymore? Right? We're, we're so competitive. I myself am like this. I'm so competitive. I'll try to convince somebody that they want to do something because they're already there. And it's like, let them go. Let them go be happy someplace else. It's not a mark on you. That's not saying that you're inefficient or, or um, you know, inadequate in any way. It's just saying that, you know what? You need something out of them they're not willing to give, and that's okay. So here's a way to kind of think about this, and I think in a better way. We call this the tour duty framework, and we've been trying to implement this. And this is from, let me check my notes. This is from the book Powerful, A Culture of Freedom and Responsibility from Patty McCord. I'm pretty sure that's what, where that's from. And it's about Netflix's um, <clears throat> rise and how they structure their business. And um, really, really good book. But from there, we got, uh, I believe that this came from that book. And that's on our reading list, by the way. But we got the tour of duty framework. And basically, this is that idea. Listen, I'd like you to come work for me. Over the next two years, though, we're going to put you in a position. Here's what you're going to be doing. This is a great opportunity to see what you can do. See if you like our company. See what you want to be doing. We can figure out how to best utilize you. At the end of that two years, we're going to discuss your performance, your goals, your interests. And if everything lines up, let's re-up. We'll have a discussion about what the next tour looks like. What do you want to do next? Maybe you want to move vertically through the company or horizontally. Maybe you want to do something different. You really love the company, but you want to do something a little different. And if that's available and if you fit, we can discuss it, but we'll know. And so we can have a really good open conversation. So over the next two years, this is what we're measuring. 
And this is what you get over the next two years. And this is what we expect. It's a, it's a very finite, defined outlook. You know, everybody talks about loyalty. Oh, there's no company loyalty. Well, there's no employee loyalty either. There's just, we need to make it a place where you want to be. And you need to be somebody that we want to have here. And that never stops. And that's a partnership, right? That, that's, a, that's a commitment from each side. Oh, that's what you need out of this? Great. This is what I need out of this? Great. And as soon as we're no longer able to do that, no hard feelings. Move on. We'll help you go someplace, too. We'll help you find something that better fits for you, then. Because we don't want you to turn into a jackass, right? And you don't want to work at a company that doesn't fit you. So there's no overcommitments, no broken promises, no forced marriages, no traps. So I think this framework really helps. It changes that turnover problem from bad or good, you know, from that, is it bad or is it good, to just, it's necessary, part of the gig.